ver si me conseguía una fresca Got myself some rum Cause where I'm from sometimes you need some Me tomé mi trago Y una princesa pasó por mi lado La miré con ganas Con esa carita de fama Welcome to Radio Menea I am Vero Valletti Flores And I'm Miriam Soyla Perez And on this show, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative Latinx jams based on a different theme each episode. And today's episode is all about throwback songs, specifically songs from our childhoods. can hear yes. by Proyecto Uno in the background. Yes. <laughs> such a good one. Such a good oh, one. Oh, y'all. This song. This oh. song. I mean, I just feel like Proyecto Uno is just a classic. I have such strong memories associated with them. Specifically, like, I remember for their song Latinos, which came out, like, right after I moved to the United States. I think it came out in, like, 96. I came in 95. And I was, like, just starting to develop this, like, little, like, Latino identity. Mm like in the United States I, and then we went back to Venezuela for a summer and I was like 14 and my cousins and I like all choreographed a yeah, dance to it. God. Is there a video? <laughs> and we performed it for like our abuelos and our tios. Oh. It was like so Is there cute. a video somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. You couldn't tell me nothing though. I was so, I was so about it. But this song I really, really love. El Timurong is amazing because it's about this like trifling ass married dude who goes to the club to pick up ladies and this other man, like the player ass El Tiburón, keeps spoiling him and I just find that so great. <laughs> so El Tiburón is actually like a good guy. No. Well, I don't know if El Tiburón is a good guy. He's just a player and he keeps spoiling this dude. He's not doing it like on purpose to keep the married man from like fucking around? No, no. no I think he's just like a player and he keeps taking the ladies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that there's a lot of ethics involved. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, the shark doesn't sound like a positive character. <laughs> yeah, I do have a really soft spot in my heart for sharks, though. The, yeah? <laughs> As oh, an animal. that's true, that's true. You want to get a shark tattoo, right? <laughs> I do, because of femme sharks. Shout out Leah Lakshmi, yes. man. Anyway, I was sort of between this song and El Baile del Perrito by Wilfrido Vargas. <laughs> Is that also from the 90s or is that older? Yes, it is. I think it's, it was from like 1992, maybe. Um, I remember, yeah, because I was like 10 years old. And El Baile del Perrito is basically like merengue version of twerking. Yeah. And I was like so about learning to dance yeah. when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> and my father was completely scandalized that his 10-year-old mm. was twerking, basically. Um, just actually, just like the character in the song, there's like a father character that says like, no quiero mi hija bailando como una mujer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, typico, you know, like my dad had the same actual reaction. But I decided in the end to go with El Tiburón because I just, I just love Proyecto Uno. It has like a really special place in my heart. And this song is just a classic in my book. And I, I just totally enjoy like this trifling ass man's player plans being foiled it's my fave <laughs> yeah i definitely recognize the song although i don't remember when i heard it i can't really imagine like my father listening to it but i've definitely heard it at some point or another <laughs> and really love the just love the refrain and the beat behind it it makes me like want to sing it right now yeah but i won't i'll yeah. spare all of you my bad singing 
<laughs> yeah, this song is from 1994 and it's from their album In the House. Proyecto Uno are Dominican American and they, they just really bring it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for yeah. them. And I, the thing I love about all these songs is the style involved in everybody's like videos and album covers because it's just so oh my dated. God, it's so good. It just like makes me think of like. It's so perfectly awesome. It makes me think of like <laughs> Saved by the Bell, like other things from that era, like everybody's style in the like. Ladies. Oh my god! And you couldn't tell anybody Perfect. anything about how they were, how they were dressing. They were like so yeah. fine. Yeah, these guys have really good hair too in this in this video. <laughs> yes. Had had they produced much other music? Do you know? Oh yeah, they totally have. I mean, I don't know that they're active now. They had a bunch of hits like back in the nineties, uh, but I think they probably broke up since then. Yeah. It happens. It happens. All right, so the first song I'm bringing is Juan Luis Guerra, and it's La Billy Rubina. Hoy me dio una fiebre el otro día Por causa de tu amor cristiana Que es caparar enfermería Sin yo tener seguro de cama Y me inyectaron suero de colores Y me sacaron la radiografía Get Up basically is merengue for me. There's so many of his songs that are classics that I grew up with, but this song in particular um, it just like hits me from, from childhood and definitely heard it probably at a lot of parties and like weddings and I mean, pretty much every family gathering on my dad's side would end with dancing merengue and salsa. So this, this song is a classic and just has such a, an engaging beat and um, makes me want to dance immediately. Yeah, this was a total jam. Yeah. A total yeah. jam. I mean, like, whenever... This it still comes on on the radio because it's, like, that much of a mm-hmm. classic. And whenever it's on, I'm, like, singing all about La Vida Rubina. Yeah, he's amazing. He's Dominican. This song was released in 1990, um, but he's got a couple of decades of hits and albums and awards, and I mean, he just continues to be a total powerhouse. He's also known for helping to popularize bachata, although the like stuff that he does, like this uh, uh, song is actually from an album called Bachata Rosa. The stuff that he does that's more bachata-esque has a really different sound than the, the bachata I listen to, but you know, he really helped popularize different, a lot of different types of Dominican music, including bachata and merengue, and has been like an international star. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's huge all over Latin America. Yeah. He's also pretty influenced by boleros, and so his songs have this kind of soulful um, quality to them that, that I think come from, from boleros, which is definitely something I grew up listening to a lot of from my father. And like one of the reasons my merengue is like my favorite, particularly for dancing, is because it's pretty easy to dance to. It's like a really simple two-step. It doesn't require a ton of skill. And so, you know, I love to dance, but I'm very much self-taught. Like I grew up dancing with my family, but like never leading and not really, I never really learned very well. I think I was kind of shy and my father's like an amazing salsero and he would like try to show me things, but it was like kind of over my head. I was like, I can't really get this whole box step situation you're trying to do. Like, it was just like, it was too hard. Um, And so I never really learned, you know, I grew up with the music, but I've been kind of self-taught as an adult, but merengue is the one that I feel the most comfortable with and like I can do spins and like do like little, sort of fancy things because the beat is so straightforward and 
um, very easy to dance to, so I appreciate that about merengue. Totally. I love merengue for that too. It's not easy, although I love a good salsa. I didn't learn how to salsa though until, you know, later in life. I was like maybe like 18 or 19 when I like, you know, just went regularly to the club and yeah. like danced at least once a week to, to learn and was self-taught that way as well. Yeah. Uh, but merengue was definitely the first one that I that I caught on to, and it's still so fun. I all, I like love like I also don't know how to lead because I never learned that, which is too bad. Yeah. But uh, I love it when um, when you do like a fast bidding. Yeah. And, you know, like there's it, it's so yeah. good. It's so much. Fun. It's so good and it's so tiring. <laughs> I feel like there's some songs that are really long. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like a total yeah. workout. And by the end, I'm like, oh my god, is not a I joke. can't keep doing this. Let me keep doing spins because then you can at least like slow down a little bit from the like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, for me, bachata and merengue are, like, the easiest ones to dance. And salsa, like, I love salsa, but it's really hard. I have not figured out how to do it in, like, a partner dancing kind of way. And, like, I would love to take a class. I've just been so shy to go to those, like, pre, you know, like, come to the club early. They have lessons and stuff often, but mm -hmm. they're just so straight, and I'm always, like, concerned about feeling uncomfortable. So I, like, haven't. Yeah, but weird gender yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's, like, lots totally. of weird gender stuff. And a lot of salsa classes... You have to, like, you go, but you, like, switch partners. Like, it's a part of the, the way that they teach. And, like, I just don't want to be, like, mm -hmm. end up dancing with some straight girl who feels uncomfortable. I don't know. I have a lot of hang-ups about it, so I haven't done it, which is kind of a bummer because, like, I really, really want to learn how to salsa well. So yeah. it's, like, on the bucket list. I have to make it happen at some point. <laughs> you do. Yeah, I just also think that the lyrics to this song are super funny because it uses this, like, very specific medical terminology about, like, Billy Rubin and blood chemistry. And, like, the whole song is this, like, very elaborate um, metaphor about, like, love and how, like, this love is, like, you know, kind of upping his Billy Rubin. And, like, but it's, he, all of the references are very medical and very specific and pretty accurate. So I kind of love that he's, like, just sort of taking this metaphor to, like, it's extreme, but it works really well. And yeah, totally. it's such a catchy song. Totally. It's like humans, after all, are just sacks of chemicals, yeah, right? Basically. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what do you got for us next? Well, the next thing that I have for you all is um, a total throwback fave of mine. It is No Controles by Flan. came out and was popular way before sort of my time when I was around and listening to a lot of music. Um, it's from 1985, but my mommy used to um, always sing it for us, so it's nostalgic uh, for me for that reason. Um, and to me, this is like a total feminist anthem, right? Yeah. It's like, don't control how I dress, don't control how I think. Don't control how I dance or how I feel. You know, like I, the way that I do those things is totally awesome. So don't even try. Yes. And uh, my mom always used to sing it, so it's it has a special place in my heart for me. 
I reckon I, I remember this song when you brought it up to me because we were when we first. I remember when we first were talking about this podcast. We thought about doing like a TBT like section. I think for each episode where we like bring mm-hmm. one throwback song. But um and you brought this song up and I was like I remember it and I even asked my father if he recognized it and he said he'd never heard it. So I'm like, I wonder where it is that I heard it, but I definitely had heard it before. Um, but not for like a really long Interesting. time. Yeah. I don't know. I mean maybe my Interesting, my yeah. It's possible, but yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, maybe your mom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this song, this version is by Flans, who are Mexican, and it's from 1985. But I learned that even though their version is probably the most popular, that it was originally by the Spanish group named Ole Ole, um, headed by Vicky Larraz. And it's, like, originally from, like, only a couple years earlier, 1983. And... Um, it was also covered uh, more recently by Café Tacuba, mm. who are also Mexican and totally awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, it, I don't know, there's a lot of um, ways you could have come into contact yeah, with Yeah, yeah, No, I definitely remember this version for sure. Also, their, fas- their yeah. fashion in this video is amazing. It's so oh 80s. Oh my God, it is so incredible. It is 80s-tastic. It's like the hair, the, you know, they're like clothes, the colors, scheme in the video. It's all just so, so 80s classic. Please check it it's, out. It's yeah, pretty amazing. It's, it's kind of funny how like when you're in the era, it doesn't feel like the style is particularly like iconic or like even so specific or so stylized. But then like looking back. It's like, oh my God, that's so 80s, or oh my God, that's so 90s. But like, can you imagine like right now, like whatever style we're all wearing in like 30 years, and we're like, oh my God, that's so, I don't know, whatever they, I don't know what they call this decade, teens or something. But you know, like it doesn't feel like what we're doing is anything particularly special. But then always looking back, it like looks so stylized, even across like countries, right? Like they're Mexicanas, like some of these other folks are from the Caribbean, but like they all still have this very stylized like 80s, 90s look, you know? Yeah, I mean, every choice that we make about the way that we dress and the way we do makeup or everything is an aesthetic choice, right? right? And we're making choices based very much on the time that we're in. So It just seems so um, normal. It's easier to feel like those are, like, the only choices to make when you're, like, in the midst of it. But then you get some distance from it and you're like, whoa, you know, probably that's how people look at, like, crazy contouring in 15 years right, or 20 years, right. you know? Like, the makeup, in the 80s makeup, there's also some, like, crazy, like, blush contouring situations yeah. happening. And, like... And that seems very 80s. And I'm sure that it'll look very dated the way that people do their makeup now, no. too, in, a, you know, a decade or two. Yeah, like, these mujeres have, like, amazing feathered hair thing going on, <laughs> like, in this video. Yeah, there's one that has, like, a spiky mullet. Yes, I mean... Which is pretty good. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think is interesting about this song is that it was actually originally written by a man. Yeah, I don't understand um, that. To me, it seems like so interesting and so because uh, it seems so feminist yeah. to me because it's you know the version that I um, became familiar with was sung by a woman and it seems like this feminist total feminist anthem. But it was written by um, Nacho Cano from the Spanish band Mecano, and. Um, and, you know, I, when Café Tacuba covers it, it's also obviously a man singing it. The singer of Café Tacuba is a dude. 
And, um, you know, he covered it and it works, right? Like, I think it works for everyone, but I think it takes on a special flavor because women are so often told how to dress and how to think and, you know, how they should or shouldn't dance and feel and all these things. So I think even though it works when people of either or of any gender um, sing it, I think that um, for me, it it has a special place as a feminist anthem. Yeah, I can't really imagine it sung by a man because this is the version that I know. And it does feel like, like... yeah, like a man saying like you don't control the way I dress. Like it just doesn't feel like it has the same yeah. power because I don't feel like men get controlled by women in that way. You know, like it just doesn't. It doesn't. Right, right. But I mean, it's some. Yeah, maybe like a larger societal. Like if you're like goth or punk, right? Like <laughs> like you don't own me. You know, like really policed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Around like what you wear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know if they're still making music, Flans? I don't think so. No, I mean, they're, like, much older now. Although I did... The first video that comes up when you, like, sort of Google it um, is a video of them singing it, like, much later. Like, maybe, like, in, like, the late 90s or early 2000s or something. They're older. Um, but they're not... So they're not together um, as Flans anymore. But they, they did do sort of, like, a little reunion in nice, the recent past. Nice. Also the name. Like, I wonder what that's about. It's a very strange name. Flans. It is a very strange name. It's so weird for like Flans. Like, I don't know. Like, like if you think of like Flan the dessert, like, yeah. I don't know. What do you say? Flanis? Right. Like more than one Flan? Right. But wouldn't it be Flanis? <laughs> it would be Flanis with an ES, wouldn't it? That's yeah, what's weird exactly. about it. Yeah. But Flans is like is it, F-L-A-N-S. Is it supposed to be English? Is it not supposed to have anything to do with the dessert at all? <laughs> like, is it, Unclear. Yeah, maybe does it have anything to do with flan, yeah. which is would be a mistake because flan is amazing. Right? Yeah. Oh God. Favorite. Definitely favorite dessert. <laughs> definitely favorite dessert. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing the song back into my life. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that uh, that I could do that for yeah. you. What did you bring for us next? So this is a salsa classic. This is uh, Jerry Rivera singing Amores Como El Nuestro. Amores como el nuestro que daña muy pocos El cielo que en estrellas sin oír deseos Deshojar una rosa y es cosa de tonto Coming back into my life, I have to give credit to Spotify. Um, I think it was in my Spotify Weekly mm. not too long ago. Their their algorithm is really good at um, at bringing stuff back to me that I really loved. But this is, I mean, this is a classic. This song was fr- it's from Jerry Vetta's second album, which is actually the top selling salsa album ever, still, even though it was released. Wow. In, I know, it was released in 1992. So that's pretty wild. Like, and I guess that's not surprising. This song is like the yeah, song. Yeah, right? yeah. It feels like it. Yeah, it's it's like 
pretty much everywhere. He's Puerto Rican. Like I said, it's from 92. Um, I definitely grew up with this one. Again, I don't know when exactly I heard it, but I'm sure it was all over the place when I was a kid. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, the, that's pretty incredible. I don't know if that also signifies that, like, salsa hit some sort of peak in the 90s and it's, like, lessened in popularity. That would be, you know, a theory I couldn't prove, but, um, but I have ideas that that might be true. Um, but yeah, I mean, within the first few bars, yeah. you can hear this, recognize this song. Yeah, immediately with that trumpet yeah. riff, right? Like, mm -hmm. immediately you know what it is. And that same trumpet riff is in, like, the only good Shakira English song, <laughs> Hips Don't Lie. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> And I remember, again, like, I grew up with this song. I don't think that, like, I even knew, like, the name or who it's by, but, like, you know, when I was prepping for this episode, I was playing it, and my mom was like, Jerry Rivera, <laughs> you know, like, so she, like, immediately yeah. knew. Um, but um, but so yeah, I immediately grew up with a song, and when that Shakira Wycliffe John collaboration song mm -hmm. "Hips Don't Lie" came out, I was like, oh yeah, this riff, right? Because it's such a classic, yeah, right? Totally. I'm glad. I couldn't remember what what that riff like. I knew that it had been sampled in something else, but I couldn't remember. I was so glad that you remembered because I was even like, I knew it was Wyclef. Like I had enough association with that, and I was like looking on Spotify to try to real remember what Wyclef <laughs> song, but I couldn't figure it out. So I'm really glad that you figured that out. Yeah, totally. That's Hips don't amazing. Lie. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hips Don't yeah, Lie. it's a good song. You're right. Shakira in English is generally not very good, but this is this is, that's a good one of hers. Um, but yeah, Jerry Rivera like started his career super young. He was only 14. He comes from a whole family of musicos, like all of his parents, his siblings, everybody's in the music industry. Um, and yeah, this is just from his second album. And the album cover, like back to the theme of like 80s, 90s fashion, the cover is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. He's wearing, oh, man, I'm gonna you have, have to look, look at up. it. He's wearing this like bright blue jack, like suit jacket and this red, bright red shirt. And then this like tie that's like kind of wild colors and shapes and whatever. And then there's like these like <laughs> long, skinny, geometric shapes like going all over the, the album cover. It literally reminds me of the color scheme and like design of a bedspread that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> like it's just so it's just so <laughs> early nineties. That's amazing. Fashion. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's amazing. So pretty much every album he's released since he's included the song on it, which I guess makes sense because it's like his hit, but it was really confusing when I was researching this, trying to figure out what year it was from because it's literally like there's a million albums with the song on it. Um, but yeah. If, That's Lulz. He's like really mixing. She's really milking Yeah, it. I guess you, if it's your song, you can release it however many times you want. I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, it was originally in, in 92. And I actually think I like remember coming across this album uh, like a year or two ago and he looks really not this particular version but an older a newer one and he has this like really emo look on his face and I think I posted a picture of it on Instagram because I was like these album covers are just amazing he's a, he's a cutie mm -hmm. he's a cutie um yeah but yeah his last album came out in 2011 so it doesn't seem like he's got too much going on and like his his like musician website is like under construction, <laughs> but he does have a Facebook. Oof. Yeah, that's that's rough. He does have a Facebook page, and it looks mm. like he's done a couple of like concerts in the last few years. So I wonder what he's up to. But it's a long career of you know a lot of success. It's probably hard to, you know, when you when you're so successful that young, it's probably tough to like keep going. You know, because you're you might never be able to top yeah top your own yeah. success. You know. Yeah, I mean, I would I would go see Jerry Rivera, totally. Well, I'm glad you appreciated this one too. It's a good thing about the throwbacks, I guess. Absolutely. It's like our, uh, our like genre divides don't really apply because we were just kids. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, there's, I'm glad I appreciate them too, because, um, the next song that I have for you is a little bit hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's like that appreciable <laughs> in the current moment, but it's definitely where I was at in when I was 17 years old. Yes. This is Veronica by Caramelo Sesianuro. So I have to say, I do have a pretty soft spot for yeah. songs that have my name yeah. in them. It's a little bit, it's a little bit narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get just it. Just a little bit, it. you know, I don't have a ton of that, but you know, grant me this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your name is like um, common, but not that common. It's not like Maria or something where there's like a million songs about Maria. Right, right. It's pretty, it's a lot more common. It's interesting because I feel like Veronica is a common name for Latinas my age mm. um, and like younger Latinas. Mm-hmm. Um, in like, I feel like for white people, it's like mad old ladies, you know, Is like it? people are like 80 and Is above that? are called Veronica. Well, I have like a similar, yeah, like, you know, like Archie, Veronica and yeah. like, and I've also find because I live in a West Indian neighborhood that like middle-aged West Indian ladies are sometimes called That's Veronica. So <laughs> my, like my name has a similar dynamic cause it's like medium is really common in Latin America, but in the U S it's like old Jewish ladies. <laughs> You know, it's like not, it's not very common for people my age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, there's like enough Veronica's in, um, enough Veronica's in Venezuela that there's a song written about it in the year 2000. And this song is, you know, it's a little bit, my relationship to it is a little bit more interesting than the fact that it just has my name in it. Um, I was in Venezuela the summer this song was popular, which was 2000, and I was like 17, and I had completely fallen in love for the first time with this boy who mm. was like, you know, also my age and a friend of my cousin's, and it was just like so intense. We were both 17, and we were both like in love for the first time probably, and you know, just like feeling every single feeling so much. Mm. And then I left, right, because I was only there for the summer. I lived in the United States. And I was basically depressed about that relationship for maybe like one to two years mm-hmm. afterwards. And, you know, like even when I went back, like five years later, there was like a gap for five years that I didn't go back. And, you know, like we had some tears, we had some feelings, you know. But um, anyway, the song was popular then. So uh, I like, it's a little bit tied to that relationship to me. Yeah. And also I got like a weird satisfaction knowing that like when I left this yeah. love song about uh, Veronica would be uh, on the radio all the time so he wouldn't be able to forget me. That's kind of harsh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not like I wanted him to suffer, but I thought that it was going to be like love forever. Yeah. You know, I was like 17. I was convinced that he was the one. Mm. And I was like, well, if the song is on the radio all the time, he's not going to be able to put me out of mm. his mind. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> um, his name was Carlos, but everybody called him Bebe. So that's like that's how I knew Bebe? him. He was like somebody's baby oh brother. So yeah, he just he like to this day he goes by wow. Bebe. He's like thirty three years old. That's kind of rough, <laughs> Bebe. Wow. I guess that's common. I don't know. It's, it's just common. like 
Yeah. Yeah, it's common. People just have like nicknames yeah. and they're the nicknames that they have and it's not weird. No, I know. It's no, you're right. Like, you're right. Yeah, I mean, my abuela was Abuela Nina her whole life, you know? She's like, yeah. Ni- yeah, 90 I knew a Nina that right, was like 90 years old. My cousin's Abuela. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I like really wish I could have known Veto at this time. Like, I feel like I would have really gotten along with you when you were like 17 and like heartbroken and like thinking about this boy. I feel like we would have we would have oh connected. God. I had so <laughs> many feelings. I had so many feelings yeah. when I was 17. I feel like I ha- that experience right. of having like I like ran out of feelings. Right. I had all the feelings that I had in me. Right. I blew it all in one load. Right, right. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sad I don't I couldn't know that though. We would have gotten along. I had a lot of feelings at that time too, but I didn't actually have like much going on I just had a lot of feelings not like I had I mean I had like a high school boyfriend but he's not very significant but I just had a lot of feelings period oh we could have got him I know wait didn't you (laughs) see him like last year or something yeah yeah I did see him last year what was that like like a yeah like a year and a half ago I saw him he's like mad awkward about me being queer He like right. does not know how to engage right, with right. it. And he did he meet the No, he didn't meet. So I did go to Venezuela not last year, but like two or three years ago maybe mm-hmm. with Vita and he like did not come to any functions. Wow. Um when I came with Vita. He like wow. obviously on purpose, like did maybe not want to see still me with her. In love with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Twenty mean, years later. <laughs> Is he married? Is he married? Whatever, but I like he is not married, but he has, like, a very long-term partner that he's been with for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, anyway, this song is off of this, like, pop-punk gem. Yeah. <laughs> is off of their album, Mis Mujerzuela. And, um, you know, it's lulls. Yeah. It's, like, pretty standard pop-punk from the time. Yeah. Uh, pero it just holds a special yeah. place in my heart. Yeah, al- the video... Like, the shipping container music video feels like a particular yeah. era, too. And, like, even the way that they, like, walk in. And, um, yeah, I was, watch- yeah, I was totally. watching with a... It's totally, like, yeah. early odds yeah. pop punk. I was watching it with a friend, <laughs> and she's like, this reminds me of Sugar Ray. I was like, yes, Sugar Ray. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I can't say that I, like, particularly oh, like hilarious. this song, but... Sometimes throwbacks are just... Yeah, I mean, I definitely would not pick it up today. Well, that that transitions into my last song, our last song for today, which is also something I wouldn't necessarily listen to today, but it's just a, one of those throwback gems. This is Otro Dia Más Sin Verte by John Cicada.
So this song is like cheesy as hell. I mean, there's really no way around it, but it's also such a classic. I mean, no way, no around, way it. around it. Sorry, John Cicada, <laughs> but it's true. He really reminds me of Michael Bolton. I feel like he's like the Latino Michael Bolton or something like the same kind of. Wait, though, can you tell me who Michael Bolton is? Because I know that oh name. Oh my God, but really? Shit. Um, okay, white dude, tall, long, like dirty blonde hair, but kind of balding. And he does like a lot of like dude ballads. Yeah. So yeah, actually around the same era as John Cicada, like, I mean, he was, Michael Bolton had like a kind of like a rock, hard rock phase in the 70s and 80s. And then in the late 80s, he switched into like pop ballads, which I think is why it makes me think of John Cicada. They have a similar style um, Mm. in the, in the like 90s. And I think, I mean, that's what I know Michael Bolton for. But yeah, similar to sort of like yeah. dude, cheesy dude ballads. <laughs> but John... Um, I'm going to have to look yeah, him up. Yeah, you'll have to look him up. It's it's definitely like a particular moment in our childhood. Um, so John Cicada is Cuban, which actually didn't... You know, I knew of him, but I didn't realize he's Cuban. You know, born in Havana, but brought to Miami like as a kid. Um, and he got his break mm. um, through Gloria Stefan, which is not uncommon, particularly in the right. Miami music scene. He was a backup singer for her, and then he started writing some of her music, and then he actually got to like open for her on, on part of her tour, and that helped to launch him into his solo career. He changed his name. This, there was an English version yeah. of this too, uh-huh. right? So there's this song he released in English. Um, I think it's Another Day Without You or something like that. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, or Just Another Day, I think, is the Engl- what the English title is. But yeah, same song, just in... He released both of his albums. He released one, an album in English and an album in Spanish, the same songs. Um, and both did really well in kind of different markets. Uh, he changed his name, which makes it a little sad. He, like, legally changed his name from Juan to John at some point in the 80s, which, like, I get, you know, that, like, that's part that. of assimilation and, you know, white supremacy, whatever. But it makes me a little sad. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I heard this song growing up. It was rough out there for Latinos in the 90s. Yeah, it's like part of what you have to do. Um, I definitely heard this song growing up at some point, but I don't know. I don't know that my parents were big fans of his, but because it's just it's a really different style than a lot of the music that I grew up with. And it doesn't even have a very strong Latin flavor to it, right? It's really more of this like adult contemporary ballad thing, but he does it mm. in Spanish. Um, but he's just such a like mm-hmm. from us mm-hmm. from this era. It's just such a one of those throwbacks that people are like, oh yeah, John Cicada, I like forgot about him. So I thought it would be appropriate for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I like came across him again when I was researching our covers episode and he was part of that Michael Jackson tribute album that we that I brought a song from. Um, so he was, that's why I was like, all right, John Cicada. Um, I don't think he's doing a ton of new music these days. I mean, he's definitely released albums since the 90s, but I don't think he has a lot of super contemporary stuff. But he's really big on Twitter <laughs> and like very active on Twitter. Oh, okay, John. Random factoid. Even though he's like probably like my parents' age, like he's probably a little like you know older to be so active on Twitter. But hey, so that's somewhere you can check him out. Um, he's also had he's also had like a significant Broadway career. So he's also done some acting, including a role as Danny Zuko in Grease. Um, All right, John Sakata's like still getting I that know, paper somehow. I know. So good for him. Who knew? Yeah. yeah, good for him. He's aged pretty well. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. <laughs> I just sort of, I don't even remember. This is what, like 1992? Yeah. So I was in Venezuela still. So. You, yeah, you, but it was popular there because I don't remember oh, you it. Oh, I remember it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I do remember it. I feel like it was like, oh, there's a Latino that's famous in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that crossover piece. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, the fact yeah. that he was doing stuff in English and doing pretty well. But again, it's like the... It goes back to the sort of like, it's Latino music because he's Latino and making the music, but the music itself stylistically, I don't know, it doesn't have a ton of... Right, it was just ballads. Of Caribbean elements, yeah. I mean, not that there's not a ballad tradition in like boleros, but these don't even sound like boleros. Of course. They sound, of course. They sound more sort of just Americanized, but... Well, that's our program, y'all. Thank you again for spending time with us. This is Radio Menea. Hope you enjoyed the throwbacks. You can find us on all of the social media lugares. We're at Radio Menea on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, and we also have a newsletter. So if you're not so good at keeping on top of your podcast and you want to make sure to listen whenever we have an episode, you can sign up for an email newsletter. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. Como una sonrisa, tengo que bailar con esta muñequita. El DJ puso brinca y enseguida quise jalarla para la pista. Y cuando llegué, ahí llegó el